Good morning. It's great to see all of you today. Hope you're enjoying being back out. COVID's lifted a little bit and uh, we're living life. And anybody else excited that six weeks until the the Hall of Fame game in the NFL, college football, JV football. I don't care who's playing football, I'm watching football. I mean, if your kid's playing football, let me know. I'll come watch them play football. Man, I'll tell you what, if there's some place they let 62-year-old guys play football, I want to be there. Yes. <laughs> Man, I tell you, I am just excited to get out. I, I, if I'm acting a little weird, I drank too much pool water this week, so uh, that chlorine just went to my head. You know, uh, I'm glad we didn't discover that in the 60s. But it was, it's really been a good time to get out and to enjoy life and uh, just to experience it. And we're finding out that God really wants to refresh us. He really does. He, he created all the universe and, and all he could say about it was, he wasn't a big talker. I, I like God. He wasn't a big talker when he was creating stuff. He just said, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. And uh, it's good. It's good. I wish I could get away with that around the house once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's a whole different sermon. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. But it, God didn't create this system of suffering um, where we would all have to like really hate life really bad and then get really good at hating life really bad. And then we're called spiritual. You know, it's, it's really, I was raised Catholic and it's really, Catholic's cool. I think you should do that for, you know, for one lifetime or something, but it really was an experience and it's a different expression of the Christian faith. Um, but in order to become a saint, you had to be like sawed in two or burnt at a stake or, you know, um, you couldn't really just like have had a good life, been married and, you know, really good with motorcycles and maybe just had fun and stuff like that. You couldn't be a saint. In order to be a saint, you had to, you had to suffer. You really had to hate life. And so we're finding out that that's really, though we do experience suffering in life, that is not the definition of the life that God wants us to have. But rather that, like Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. And then he could have just stopped there. And that would have been good enough for me. But he said, and to have it abundantly. And so that's a really powerful thing that's being communicated to us. That the dew of heaven is the blessings of God and God wants us to live the dew. He wants us to live in the dew. He wants us to experience his blessings. He wants us to enjoy life. Yes, there'll be enough stuff to bring us back to earth and to remind us of our humanity. But in the middle of it, he wants thy kingdom to come, his will to be done on earth, just like it is in heaven, even if it's just for a short lifetime. But we learned that there's this powerful metaphor that comes to us from science that God used called dew. And, and dew is a really interesting thing. We see it every, every morning you wake up, you, your windows are dripping with it. Your car has it all over it. Um, and, and dew is when there's a saturation of, of water in the atmosphere. And as the temperature begins to drop and get lower, all those molecules of water begin to kind of like get together and you know, they're just kind of like bouncing off of each other and as the temperature drops, they get a little bit closer. And then what happens is it gets to what's called the dew point. Well, then now they're, they're so close together that when they encounter an object that's of a lower temperature than the dew point, immediately they hit that object and they turn into water. And that's where you see the drops of, of dew. And what we learned from it 
is that there was a correlation of surrounding atmosphere and object temperature that produces this phenomenon. And that the blessings of heaven are a result of, of, of this, this correlation between the atmosphere of our lives and our relationship to God, the object, whatever it may be, and that, that all of a sudden we begin to experience blessings in our lives as we walk in his will, as we walk in relationship with him, that there is this correlation between the two. Sometimes there are blessings that happen to us that are just like you go to your mailbox and there's an extra $700 or you get some amazing thing happens in your life and you, you, you really didn't do anything for the blessings. But for what I found is that most of the times that the blessings of God come as a result of something about my relationship with him. And Adam and Eve were having this incredible, highly human functional relationship with God in the garden. And all they had to do was continue where they were going with this and God would come down in the cool of the evening, which is also the dew point of the evening. It's, so there, the scriptures correlated the cool of the evening, God's walking in the garden with this idea of blessing. And so all they had to do is just maintain that status quo with God and walking with God in the principles of God. Don't eat this tree, but eat from all these other trees. Enjoy yourselves. You know, I mean, all those different things that they could experience. But something begins to slither in. Something begins to seep in. The serpent, the promise of bliss with no strings attached. That at some point in their lives, they decided that the blessings of God we're just not as promising as the bliss of life. And the serpent, as he whispered to them, he whispers to us and says things like, this God thing is holding you back. Or you need to live your own truth, not God's. Or you can come up with your own identity. It doesn't matter what God calls you. Or you can have the garden, but on your terms, not on God's terms. We live in the moment, eat the forbidden, or that the bless of life is better than the blessings of God. And somehow this whispering got into their heads as it gets into our heads, into every one of us, where we have this whispering that happens to us. It's like, maybe I should do this on my own. I know what God tells me to do, but you know, it would be so much more fun, so much more enjoyable, you know, if I just do this thing on my own. And so Adam and Eve wanted bliss on their own terms. But what they learned, it's the same thing that you and I learn, is that you can't have the garden without God. You can't have the blessings of heaven without the God of heaven. And the crazy thing is that God wants us to have good things. He really does. I love what John said, and he's writing to his followers. He says this, beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper. You know, I didn't see that before. I pray that in all respects you may prosper. Hmm. all respects. See, now I'm not of the prosperity gospel message, okay? If you know what that is, it's all about just getting a hold of God so that you can get rich. That's a bunch of bull. It's, it's manipulation. It's crap. It's like, uh, if I can use more bad words, if you'll let me use them, I'll use all the bad words I know to tell you that's a bunch of junk. But the problem is, is over the 30 years of my profession, since I didn't like the prosperity message, I forgot to tell you about the prosperity of the message of the gospel, okay? So it was kind of like to just show everybody that I was gonna do this whether God gave me anything or not, and not kind of like a warrior mentality. I kind of lost the idea that, well, wait a minute, God really does want to give you good things. 
And this is one of the verses that says it. And, I, and I'm serious. I just read that and I, I did not realize it said the phrase all respects. He says, I pray in all respects that you may prosper. Now just think about all your, all respects of prosperity that you could possibly experience. You know, I just never, never thought about this before, but he says that you may be in good health just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth, that is how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this than to hear my children walking in the truth. There it is, it's right there. I pray that you prosper. I pray that you're in good health, but listen to the dew point. Okay, remember, we're talking about this relationship of atmosphere to the, the temperature of the object. There's a dew point thing here when all of a sudden blessings do begin to form. As your soul prospers, it's like, oh, there's a correlation between soul and, and, and prosperity. Yes, there is. He says, as you're walking in the truth. So all of a sudden you realize there's this dew point where we can have expectations of God blessing our lives. I, I call it the God coefficient. Now, the reason I'm, I'm all excited about co coefficients right now, I, not a, I tried to major in mathematics when I went to college the first time. I went three times. Uh, the crazy thing is, is I still didn't end up with a degree. I don't know, I think I got ripped off. But I went three times. But the first time I was majoring, it was going to major in mathematics. That lasted for about a semester. Then I transferred over to the theater department and started to build a life in that direction. But one of the things I learned this week about coefficients, they're freaking awesome, okay? I mean, I'm telling you, coefficients, it's like the, you got the, the why. That's you in the equation, Okay, that's the unidentified, yet to be determined what you are going to be in life, what you're gonna grow up to, and all this other stuff. But right next to the why is this number just standing there waiting to multiply you. That whatever you bring to the table, <clears throat> all right, because of your, my, your relationship with me, your coefficiency is raised based upon that number. And it's like, what? Well, what we're learning is that God can be your coefficient. He can be the number that's standing next to you. Now, what I also learned about mathematics is that when a number does not have the number like four as a coefficient and Y is standing by itself, guess what its coefficient is? One. So that's, so, so that's why just bringing Y to the table and Y's got to rely on Y to make life interesting. It only has itself to make it work out. Now here's, here's the thing, and I'm probably gonna say that phrase about a gazillion times today. Uh, here's the thing, is that, is that you could be living an amazing life right now. You may be a very smart, prosperous, well-educated, you know, just making hap life happen as a why. You know, you don't have to have God as a coefficient in order to be living a successful human being, homo sapien life. It's God built it into the system, okay? But the thing is, is that no matter how successful you are, you're only bringing your success to the table. That means you're only benefiting yourself, you're only benefiting your life, but could you imagine if you're as amazing as you could possibly be and you added the coefficient of God to you? Man. America needs you to step up and add the God coefficient to your life. 
I mean, smart people, wealthy people, uh, successful people, whatever you may be, are, what you're good at, that's cool. And you can look at me and say, well, I don't need God. That's okay, I got it. But can you imagine if I multiplied what you can do times four, and if I added the God coefficient to you, what your life would be, what your neighbor's life would be like, what your community would be like. So it's amazing that this multiplier, this coefficient, is that you're the why, but when we walk with God, we add the coefficient of God to our lives. This is amazing. I wish I, wish I got it when I was 18. I mean, it was just too much weed and booze, I mean, and ladies and, and all that other stuff. I just couldn't get this coefficient. I was just adding, I had other coefficients added to my life and they weren't multiplying my life. So God invites us to blessings by de design. Some blessings just come into your life through the grace of God, through the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into our lives. But I find after, you know, I'm in my mid-60s now, that most of the blessings that come into my life as a result of God come into my life by design. Meaning they don't just bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, but rather they come as, as I construct my life in accordance with the will and the, the wisdom of God. And the better I construct my life or I live my life in coefficiency with God, that the blessings seem to be increased in my life. This is what the writer of Proverbs said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So he's kind of eliminating the, the number, the, the, the why without a coefficient or a, a coefficient of one. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil and it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. It's like, wow. So you're telling me there is blessings by design. The idea of blessings of design means that if I just... If I order my life the way that God has told me to order my life, that there are, as soon as that temperature of the atmosphere and the object, and they are in contact with each other, that dew will begin to appear. Absolutely. That's an incredible plan of God. So this idea of blessings by design actually impacted me when my grandkids were visiting. I don't know if, you've, if you're at the point where you have grandkids but you've got to do a lot of coercion to get grandkids to come to your house. Now, when they're little, they don't all want to go to Papa's house, and that's cool. Um, but as they get older, you know, 13, 14 years of age, you've you, you got to start buying some jet skis, okay? You've got you to you get a jet ski, a pool. Uh, you know, uh, I always send a picture of my grandkids when they were younger. I, I knew their mom wouldn't let them eat sugar cereal, so I'd always send a picture the week before they'd arrive of me with a box of Lucky Charms, you know, saying these Lucky Charms are waiting for you when you get here. And now the price tag, is, you know, it's just not working. I had to put a pool in to get them to come this time. But in order to make sure that we have something to do, I bought a Star Wars Lego set to build, okay? Now, this was something new to me. So we bought a 600-piece uh, Boba Fett helmet. And uh, this thing was my first Lego ever to be built. The only thing I ever built before this was my father used to build balsa wood model airplanes. 
okay, where they were made out of little strips of balsa wood and you glue them together and then you paper them with tissue paper and then you paint them and they become these little model airplanes that you hang from your, from your ceiling. Really cool stuff, but this was my first Lego that I had ever built. And we liked it so much, we finished it in one evening's time. So boom, it was done. So as soon as we finished doing it, I got on Amazon and I next day shipped another one to my house. No expense, I don't care what, but this time it was the thousand piece razor crest from the Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. Yes. Oh yeah, look at that baby, huh? Okay, that is, this is live video shot of my razor crest that was built. This is it. Look at that, you see all the warriors, you see all the cool things, and you can actually put a, a light kit on this thing. Those missiles launch off, it opens up from the sides. Baby Yoda's at the helm with, the, with Mando. Absolutely amazing. Now, I was astounded by the quality, the intricacy, and the detail of this build. I mean, I really was. This thing was serious. So serious that in about an hour and a half, this is the only grandchild that was left. That was Christopher. And he's kind of got the, Papa, I love you, but where's the jet ski look going on in his face? And so he's hanging in there and he's, he's trying to do a good job with me. But after that, it was just me. And so the grandkids are off doing something else and there I am with a thousand piece Lego uh, set. So as I was looking at it, I started to think about what it takes to make this object. Now I'm thinking about the manufacturer, Mattel. I'm thinking about how did they put together Legos? I mean, how do you put a square peg in a round hole? How do, you, how do we construct an object that has rounded surfaces, but yet we're only gonna use little squares to do it? I mean, it's just kind of like, okay, I wonder how you pull something like that off. So I started thinking about what do they have to go through to make this, this thing, this kit, and I've happened to have oh, 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 the kit right here. I mean, what did they have to go through to make this thing? So I began to think about how Mattel went about doing this. First of all, they had to come up with an idea worth emulating. You know, at first you got, in order to get somebody to buy into this, I gotta come up with something that somebody would wanna build. So, you know, you got your choice of, of producing, mass producing a Ford Mustang Lego or a Ford Escort Lego, I'm willing to bet you're not building the Ford Escort. So first of all, the, sorry you Escort owners, if you're out there and you've got an Escort, let me know. I mean, that's a classic. Okay, right there, right next to the Pinto. Yeah, that's a really good vehicle. So uh, you first gotta come up with something in your head that people want. And in this case, it was the Mandalorian. Then the next thing was is design the build. Some group of engineers from Harvard probably had to sit around or MIT and just begin to think, how do we get a square peg in a round hole? And begin to look at all these different pieces. Then they had to provide the right pieces. They had to have them cut and shaped and, and, and all labeled and stuff. And, and then they had to provide instructions for it. Uh, and the interesting thing about the instructions, I don't want to sound really um, uh, existential here, but the engineer knows what he's building. The designer of the model knows what they're building. But somehow his mind has to get into your mind 
okay, or into your eight-year-old daughter or eight-year-old son mind. Somehow, he's got to get, yeah, this is going to be the Razor Crest from the Mandalorian show, but I got to get this eight-year-old or this 62-year-old, I got to get it into their heads on what to do. So they provided these instructions that were so detailed and so simple that would be laid out. And then I have to execute all of that according to the instructions. You know what's interesting, and again, it was my first experience with Legos, is that they, um, they got these bags. I mean, there's bunches of bags in here. Um, here's uh, uh, bag number two, okay? See, I thought I was just going to put up a box of Legos and just dump them out. And, but it's like, here's bag number two, here's bag number five. And, you know, so and when you're out there and you got all your Legos, you're excited. You just want to open the bag, you know? Whether you're an eight-year-old kid or you're a 62-year-old, you just want to bag, bust these bags open and get into it. But I was amazed. One through six, there's all these bags that are numbered. See, the design was beautiful, but it required submitting to the plan. It, it, the instructions were simple, but they did require some adherence to them. Um, I came to the point when I was building the, leg, the razor crest that there was this little piece round. I'm telling you, I could, it's wicked small. I mean, like the size of one little dimple on a Lego, okay? And I couldn't find it. So I said, bump it, okay? I mean, what's one little Lego? Well... Six hours later, later, I'll tell you what this one little Lego, when that fuselage started going together, and now I want to put the wings on top of this thing, and it's off by what? One Lego. One Lego, this thing is not going to, so I had to deconstruct part of the fuselage, get this little piece that I now found, and put it in its proper place. See, in the middle of this, I realized that there was a metaphor about blessings by design. God has it in his mind to bless you. It's in his head. He knows what your life looks like good. He's got it here. Now, what he's trying to do is provide you with the pieces to be a part of the assembly of that life he provides you with instructions. I mean, the instructions to this, I mean, they'll, they'll gag you. I mean, you can also download it in a PDF in case you want to use your phone. It's like, these people are brilliant. But it's just like all these pictures and of, of all the, where to lay it out, where to put the pieces. And I mean, there's a lot of steps, 407 different steps in order to build the razor crest. But God provides instructions. We just put it together according to his plan and we get to enjoy the blessings. You know, in the middle of all this, I, I was experiencing the same things the kids were experiencing, is that what you wanna do is you wanna open up a bag, okay, and, and it's funny, because they're, they're, they're like, Papa, I got get the bag, and they're just, you just wanna do that, okay? You just wanna open up the bag, and you wanna begin just to make Legos. You just wanna, you just wanna see things come together quick. And it's funny, everybody was fighting to find, uh, where's Baby Yoda? Okay, here's, here's Baby Yoda's head, and we'll put that together. And so there was a lot of fun with that. And, and everybody, Paulie, my youngest one, he, he you know, said, hey, Papa, I, I, look at me, I'm, I'm making this thing here. 
And it's like, oh, okay, Paulie, good job. What's that? I don't know. It looks like the shield or something, but just kind of put it together there. And, and, uh, and so everybody just started building stuff. Um, but it wasn't working. It was really, it was a giant mess. It, it definitely, we, we could build something. I mean, I, I don't know what this is here. Let me put something else here. I was like, wow, look at that. What's, yeah, I built that. Oh, was like, are we any closer to a razor crest in this here? This is something, but it's not necessarily what was in the mind of the designer. And see, a lot of us get busy building our life and we've dumped out all the parts and we started building things. And we, we, we're hoping it's kind of going to turn into something really cool. Um, Solomon did the same thing. He was a wise king from the Old Testament and, and he, had, he, had a lot of, he had a lot of Legos, okay? I mean, he had bags and bags of Legos. We're told he had a thousand, a thousand wives, a thousand women in his life, okay? I mean, that's, that's a lot of Legos. Um, the guy was incredibly wealthy. He had everything that you could possibly imagine in the human realm of experience. So he said, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take all the Legos and I'm gonna dump them all out and I'm gonna see what pops up. That because a blessed life just happens by magic, right? I mean, you just, just gotta have a lot of parts. I mean, that's what we say in America, just gotta, the guy with the most toys wins. You know, you just gotta have a lot of stuff. And it's like, well, that doesn't necessarily cause something of meaning to pop up. Listen to what he, he says. He's just like, a, like us with the Legos. I said to my heart, come now and I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity and really didn't build anything. I said of laughter, it's mad, no pleasure. What use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. My heart still guiding me with wisdom how to lay hold of folly till I might see what was good for the children of men to do under heaven during the few years of their life. He opens up all kinds of bags. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and treasure of kings and providences. And whenever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. Man, he's just popping, he's just opening up bags, Legos, just dumping them out there. I kept my heart from no pleasure for my heart found pleasure in all my to toil, and this was my reward for my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. I had all the Legos, dumped them all out, shook them up, dumped them out again, shook them up, dumped them out again, and after I did all that shaking and had all this stuff and had this incredibly uh, rich life, I discovered I still could not build the razor crest. I could not build what was in the mind of the creator. He realized that just living life to the fullest did not produce the blessings of God. And I think we do the same thing. Um, we do it with the bag labeled money. It's like, oh, so let's get that bag. Okay, I don't know what bag, we'll, we'll, we'll say bag number four. Oh, that's the money bag. That's all you need. To, you just got to have money. You just got to have a good career. You just got to have retirement and a good 401k and a good house. And that's all you need. You only need bag number four. Let me just tell you, you're not building the razor crest with just bag number four. 
owning stuff is not enough to build a blessed life. Is stuff a part of a blessed life? Absolutely. There is a bag labeled there, you know, but it's not the only bag. Some of us think, okay, well, what I got to do is I'll, I'll get the sex bag. <laughs> I, I, you, yeah, I see. I was, yeah, I was wondering if all you were nervous about what the heck I was going to pull out of here. No, it's just going to be Legos. Just going to be Legos. Okay. That's all it's going to be. But let's just say number six. As long as I, you know, my, you know, have great sex in my life and marry somebody beautiful, that's all it's going to be. You know, we just dump it all out and, and call it a life. Also, some of us start to build, but don't follow any pattern. We just dump out our lives and just kind of call it a life. Some of us do something, and this touches us culturally, but it does touch us personally, is that um, I don't want anybody telling me what number's on my back. Um, I, I want to remain, I want to remove all these bags. I don't want God, you, or anybody else telling me what I am. I'm going to put my number on my own bags. Even if the Legos can't build it, I'm still going to call it something else. See, this isn't, I'm not being mean here. I'm, I'm just being scientifically consistent, biologically sensible, and biblically faithful. Okay, that's all. I'm not trying to be ugly. And, and I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse, I can only imagine, is to be born or to live a life where somehow this number gets lost and you gotta figure out what's your bag, okay? And, and that needs compassion and love. And the thing is, is we got, where do you get the answer to, to that from? Well, God's given us some really cool sources. So, um, some of us uh, will assemble pieces by color, okay? We need to re do race in America, okay? So we're gonna now eliminate some colors and only build with other colors, okay? Well, that's not worked for us in the past. Why do we think that's gonna work for us in the future? Some of us will build pieces based upon beauty, based upon the size or importance of the piece. Some of us will build just the bags that are easy, you know? We'll try a little bit with God. We'll just build the easy bags. But then there are some of us, we've just opened all the bags and we've dumped them out. And you know what's wrong with that bag, with that strategy? Is then we're overwhelmed with anxiety. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at it right now, all these pieces on here, and it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know what to build next. I don't know what to do next. And some of us are living in life and we have, we have all the food, the house, the job and all that other stuff, but we just dumped it all out and now we're anxious even though we have all the pieces to build. You see how important this guy becomes really quick? I mean, it's like, wow. So, you may have built something but it's not what was in the mind of God. And it may not be something that is uh, designed to bless. So Solomon figured this out. This is what makes him wise, is that he wrote about design by to bless. He said this in Proverbs 16. He's probably hungover. He's 
still trying to figure out what's he gonna do with his thousand wives. He's still, I mean, his life's a mess, but he figures out this about Lego building and life building. Roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him. And he will cause your thoughts to be agreeable with his will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. And he's like, I figured it out. I need to, I need to get his head in my head. And if I can get his head in my head and execute it, then I will experience blessings by design. Jesus communicated it this way. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I mean, mean, start with bag number one. Okay, start with bag number one, your identity in Christ, your identity in God. He said, let's start there. He's like, well, does he care about sex? Does he care about uh, my wealth? Does he care about my stuff? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's bag number six, okay? But I can't trust you with bag number six until you build bag number one. Because otherwise, you're gonna change the sixth and live like it's number one. That stuff is number one. God's not anti-stuff. He just doesn't want us building our Lego lives with the wrong bags. He said, seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Again, didn't realize he said all these things will be added to you. Well, what do you mean, you, all these things? You, I mean, of course, we're talking about spiritual things. Of course, Pastor Paul. And he didn't say that. He said all these things. It's like, what things? Uh, all these things, Paul. And it's like, I am, I am just at 62 figuring out that God really wants to bless my life. I, I mean, I've been doing a good job serving him. I'm a good warrior. I'm a good little soldier. But it was all of a sudden, it's like, dude, you're tight. You need to loosen up a little bit. You need, you need to enjoy life. You need to let me bless you. It's like, well, how do I do that? Well, open bag number one. Let's get that straight. Figure out who you are in me, in Christ, that you're seated with Christ in the heavenlies, that you are, are, are more than a conqueror through Christ. And let's work on number two together because, you know, you have, you have a problem with that area in your life. And number three, and once we get those pieces together and we got the fuselage, let's slap some wings on that baby, you know? And so God really does want you to have a good life. And, not, and just believing in God doesn't bring blessings. And just going to church does, does not make up for following the instructions. Um, just wanting the best for your family does not mean you even know what that is. Sometimes you don't even know what's best for your kids. Oh, I know what's best for my kids, the new iPhone 12. Really? Okay. You could ruin a kid with an iPhone 12. Okay? I'm serious. I mean, just do enough counseling. You can ruin a kid with an iPhone 12. Or you can ruin a kid with an iPhone 4. And I've got one of those if you need one, and I'll sell it to you. Okay? (laughs) It's a classic. We all have been given bags of Legos. All right? I mean to build and God, God wants us, but God knows how it needs to be done. We've got to, God's given us instructions. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his example. And, and God wants us to have great lives. He wants us to have great marriages. You know, 
Bag number four in marriage, I would probably say, is, is, is um, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for her. It's like, wow, bag number four. That's really nice. That's, that's what's necessary. Now, she's got bag number five, and it says, wives, submit to your husbands or honor your husbands. Now, I will tell you this. If you're a lady here today, and I just told you bag number five existed, you can tell me to take your stinking Lego and build whatever you want to do with it, okay? And I agree with you. But bag number four came first. And it said, husbands, die for your wife. And once you got that built, you got to be a crazy woman to not want to honor a man whose next piece is to glorify your life. But you see how you, mess it, you can mess it up? All of a sudden you can switch parts and can women be as good as men? Oh yeah, sure they can. But I'll tell you what, you build the way that God told you to build, it just comes out looking amazing. So what if you're here today and you've already dumped your bag of logos, Legos? Okay? Logos, that's good. What if you've dumped your bag of Legos already? I mean, and like me, I mean, I was like 21, 22, 23. I forget what the age was. And all I knew was there was a lot of stuff that happened in the 70s. And I was in the middle of it, loving it, partying it, blissing it out. But what if, what if you lost some pieces in the middle of that? You're on your second or third divorce and you've lost some pieces. What if somebody's died in your life? What if there's dysfunction in your life? The pieces don't seem to go together the same way. What if you skip some pieces? What if you're married to a guy right now and don't look at him, don't look at him, we don't want him to feel like it's him. But what if you married a guy who's like, man, I should have gone through a couple more pieces before I added this one to my life. But what if you're there? What does God do? Well, if God is your coefficient, his grace will affect the outcome. Listen to what the coefficient wants to do in your life. Behold, I am making all things new. It's like, what? Me with my bag and bucket of Legos? I mean, people have buckets of Legos. Buckets of them. All kinds of kits mixed together that, you know, they'll never get a Millennium Falcon out of that. Scripture says that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which lost. Those missing pieces of your life, God can find them. God can provide them. Romans 8, 28 says that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. It's like, really? See, I have no business for as much as for as much bad stuff I did in my life, I have no right to be married to the woman that I'm married to. To have experienced the 33 years of marriage that I have experienced, to have raised the children that I have raised, to have the friends that I have, to not have an addiction that's ruined my life. I have no right to have that life based upon my behavior. But when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, 
he, he makes all things new. He's like, yeah, Paul, I know you, I saw you in your 20s and I saw what you were doing and how you messed everything up. And how could, I saw your first marriage end and that got messed up. And he's like, but I can still build something with you if you're willing to have me as your coefficient. If you're willing to build according to the, to the way that I've laid out the Legos in your life. And if you want to be what I want you to be, which is conform to the image of my dear son, meaning loving, compassionate, truthful, you know, all the best things of life. If that's what you want to be, let's start building together. And it happened. So wherever you are, no matter if your Legos are spread out all over the table, the floor, and you can't find them all, I want to let you know, I don't care how bad, I don't care if you you messed up the numbers on the front of your bag. I don't care. And God says, I'll take you right where you are. And let's build something amazing together. It's still going to be good and abundant and loving and truthful and beautiful. Father, as we come into this place, you give us such hope. You give us hope not only that somebody's thinking about my life and wants to bless it, but you give me so much hope in knowing that even if I've lost a few pieces, I've broken some, whether it's by divorce or death, whether some of my pieces were stolen through victimization, or whether I've just lost the instructions to life. God, that you're here today through your spirit, through your word, through your son Jesus, and through a community of Lego builders. Lord God, you can make all things new. You can make all things new. So Father God, as we come to communion, we take the bread, the most important piece, bag number one. We start with the table of Christ where there's forgiveness and mercy every single morning. Father, today, we commit to build not just anything, but what you have in your mind for each and every one of us.